everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, Mom reviews the talk show parody, What Just Happened? with Fred Savage. Let's bring Mom in now. Hi, Mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm all right. Well, isn't that a screaming endorsement for fun and levity? Well, I'm in uh, I'm a little bit of pain right now, and it's causing me a little bit of anxiety. Where's your pain? Uh, it's in my... In your stomach? Uh, no, it's in my wrists. Uh, oh. How did that happen? Or should I ask? <laughs> uh, um, I have a uh, piano concert in a few months. I'm sure the listeners are oh, not aware that yeah. I play the piano. I really picked up the pace I'm practicing lately, and I uh, stupidly hurt my arms by overdoing mm-hmm. it. And now I'm just I'm very eager to get back to practicing, but uh, I'm also having to manage this uh, pain. And it's, you know, it's really not so bad, but it's holding me back, and it's really uh, mm. it's causing me a lot of anxiety. I'll tell I'll tell the truth right. about it. Maybe you should see the um, physical therapist. They could they could give you some exercises or or work that pain out. That's what our physical therapist does. Well, I did go um, to see a massage therapist I've seen before, and he gave me some exercises, most of which I were already I was already doing. Um, so okay. you know, I am managing it, and I'm sure it'll be fine because you know I've gotten I've gotten pain like this before when I'm playing video games too much, right? You know, I get yeah. uh, PlayStation claw. Um, so you know, I I need to improve my technique um, and all that. But well, I have another suggestion for you. What CBD cream? CBD cream. Wow. This is some uh, far out stuff you're recommending here, Ma. Well, I put some on my shoulder the other night and it took the pain away and it hasn't come back. Mm. Maybe you want to try that while you're here because I'm telling you, I was very skeptical, but that's the second time that it's helped me out of an area that I had some um, pain caused by the same sort of thing that you the reason you caused your pain. Oh, too much uh, knitting? Yes. Uh, Okay, well, uh, as Mom alluded to, I am visiting New Hampshire next week, so uh, yeah, you can try that. I typically administer the CBD internally, but I'll try the cream. No, I think the cream is good because it's right on the spot. Okay. Now, I don't do that internal thing, but um, because that has the, what is it, TCH? THC, yeah. That's the THC. good stuff. That's what you want. Well, I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> okay. So, so there. So that's why I wasn't as uh, chipper as usual today when you answered the phone. Uh, that's uh, And again, it's not that bad, yeah. and I know it's going to be okay, right. but my... You know how I get, I can really work on something and I'm yeah. throwing myself into this right now and my body is just saying it's too much. And, Enough. Um, yeah. you know, it just makes me feel like, well, am I, am I going to have to manage this forever? And probably not, but it no. feels like that right now. No, 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 no. This is, this is just because you've overstressed it now and you, ha- you know, you, you've pushed it to the limit. So 
Um, but I think if you want to wait till you get to New Hampshire and try this cream, I think you'll, I think you'll be really surprised by the um, outcome. Or you could get some yourself, but I can swear by this brand that we use. Mm, okay, Placebonex brand uh, CBD cream. <laughs> no, it's something I just make up in the kitchen. Yeah. I feel so happy when I'm done, and I have no idea why, but I'm just after the CBD part. I'm kidding. That's a joke. We know. Okay. Uh, What's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, I do have a little story I want to share with you about your nephew, Ashton, Mm. Matt's son. Ashton, who is a very, very sweet boy. He used to be like a holy terror. Um, and we were pretty sure that he was going to end up in prison as a, well, anyway, he's a very nice boy. Yes. He, but he's a little innocent too. He's a little innocent uh-huh. and he's a great lover of video games mm-hmm. and he gets on a jag. I think for a couple of years he watched Minecraft yep. Um, yep. videos just watched. He didn't play the game. But anyway, he's playing a game now, and I did not get the name of it, but he was chatting with somebody, and this other person talked him into meeting him in a room. Now, this is this is all like foreign language to me, okay? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't really know what I'm talking about. So they went into this room, and the other person said something along the lines of let's trade guns. They talked about it. And I guess Ashton put his, laid his guns down and the person disappeared, took his guns and left. So he was upset over that. I imagine. Wait, wait, wait. You don't think that's bad? I think that's terrible. I I said, he's upset over that, right? Yes. But Merrick said that, your other brother said that they weren't his best guns. So, oh, well, that's good at least. Whatever that means, and that it was a good lesson. But to me, it's very, very sad because because he is innocent and would never even think of that. Of course so what not. Bastard is out there preying on on young boys like that. That's horrible. It is horrible. I'm glad the story wasn't worse than that, because uh, it's certainly the way it began, I certainly was concerned. But, yeah, that's, um, boy, you hate to see that. But it is kind of a shame that when you start telling the story of, hey, you know, meet, let's go to a private chat room, all sorts of horrors are conjured. Yes, yes. And I think that was a good opportunity for... Matt and Ashton to have a good talk, <clears throat> mm. and I'm sure I hope they covered about safety. You know, online. a wide swath yeah. of, of material, and I guess in that respect, it was worth it. But you do hate to see that loss of innocence. Oh, you hate it. You hate it. That kills. You me. know, and I think of your babies, and and you know, you just. Merrick said, you know, this is why I could never be a parent because I'd have to hunt this kid down. <laughs> and that's how you feel. Absolutely. That's, well, the other thing is, like, God, it's such a wilderness. You know, when I was a kid, 
I had a hand-me-down computer in my room, an Apple II Plus, I remember it well, that I could sort of tinker on, you know, learn a little bit about how to program a computer, all sorts of things. Yeah. And I don't know what the equivalent of that is going to be for Leo, because like, I can't just give him a computer when he's little, because everything's connected to the whole world now. Yeah. Well, it was uncharted territory when you were fooling around with it. Well, but it was contained, you know? That That's true. That's true. Really, it could only do a certain amount of things that were all relatively safe. There was not this, right. this uh, portal to the world that there is now. Right. But anyway, it did get me, it did get me thinking in that I'm sort of glad I'm not raising any children <laughs> right now. Yeah. I just, it's, it seems overwhelming. There's just so much to, there's so much to think about it from the food to all this GMO food. That's everything you eat. I mean, I wish we were back to the times when you hunted for your own food and grew your own food. Then you knew what it was. Uh, I know the feeling. Absolutely. Boy, you know, you're not really doing wonders for my anxiety level here, Mom, I have to say. Oh, I think I'm, I'm going to be reaching for the THC myself in a second for the back half of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all safe and we're all going to come to New Hampshire and breathe nice, fresh air and play in the yard and have fun. Tell me about the Civil War Tales postcards. If you weren't listening, was it last week we talked about this stuff? Yeah, because it was Instant Hotel last week, right? We're talking about travel. Right, um, right. Thanks to uh, a Twitter correspondent, Mom and I discovered this place uh, called uh, Civil War Tales on the Homestead. Is that what it's called, Mom? On the Homestead, or and, from the Homestead, one of those. Okay, yeah. and it's a, um, it's a diorama museum uh, near Gettysburg, right? Yes where it's dioramas of Civil War battles, um, totally, you know, as true to life as they can make it, except all of the soldiers are cats. Well, so I, I, I got the postcards. I got the postcards from there. Many of them are, you don't even, you can't even tell what they are. <laughs> um, pictures of the dioramas themselves? Yes. Yes, they are. And believe me, the cats, when I say cats, these are cats that, wow, if you didn't know what these were, uh, you wouldn't even know. You, you would, wouldn't even know. You would not be able to guess that they are cats. Is that what you're saying? That's right. They are very clumsy, Oh dear. clumsily fashioned, very, what is the word I want? Like, maybe not rustic, but that'll have to do. Yeah. Um, but when you see these cards, Johnny, you will you will laugh because it, you can't even tell what most of them are. Oh, dear. But I but I am I am in love with the idea of this place. <laughs> I am just in love with it. And I know there there have to be more places like this out there. You know that are that are half hour stopovers oh, sure. on your yeah. family trip or whatever, and uh, I I really want the the listeners to tell us about them. Mm. I cannot wait for you to see these these postcards. I cannot wait. <laughs> okay. 
I just about wet my pants looking at them because it's just, they don't look like anything. Um, and then they'll say, like, like it says, here's one that says, letters were cherished by the soldiers on the front and their families back home. Now they give us a glimpse into the lives of men and women of the Civil War. And it looks like a twig camp like four twigs in a corner and then some brush over top looks like nothing. And then there's a cat. I think it's a cat writing a letter (laughs) under his encampment. Oh dear. And it's so very poorly done. Mm. And I, I just am in love with it. Okay. Wow. I can't wait to see him. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, very entertaining because we could spend all night on one of them trying to figure out what it is. So the photography is just terrible. And that's it. That's what this place is all about. But it's a real place because I called there. <laughs> you called. Wow. Okay. I did. So you're looking for suggestions from the listeners for more places. It's kind of a tourism by mail you're undertaking here now, right? Yes. Exactly. Not that we have abandoned the concept of Pop Mom on the road, but, you know, that that No, no, no. Yeah. But if we had more names, then we could really plan the proper trip. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Do you like this idea? Yeah, I sure do. You know, we did get a couple. uh, Did you see people did reply on Twitter? A few people. Yeah, I saw that they were a lot of hotels. Yeah. So you're looking for tourist attractions, mostly. Yeah, I'm looking for like a museum or a, you know, something dedicated to pickles or, Mm -hmm. you know, just something really, something that you would in one sentence say to somebody, oh, I went to the something and they would just roll their eyes and beg you not uh, to tell them. War of 1812 Diorama Museum featuring lizards or a World War I Diorama Museum featuring bears, right? That's the kind of variety bears. you want. <laughs> and boy, if there's anything with guinea pigs, I'm all in. Let me tell people how to get in touch with us uh, if you want to, in particular, oh, Mom. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Mom's Twitter handle is uh, Moxie N-H. That's M-O-X-I-E-N-H for New Hampshire. If you want to get in touch with her, if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to at me as well, uh, it's just at John Tatey, T-E-T-I, J-O-H-N-T-E-T-I. So that's, uh, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter. You can also email us, popmom at ological.net. Now, Mom, did you watch Spin the Wheel last week? No. Well, let me tell you, this guy walked away yeah, with yeah, you... nothing. <gasps> what? Yep. He kept spinning that wheel, as you do. And, uh, you know, if in case people aren't familiar with my spin the wheel obsession or with the show itself, last round of the show, they keep spinning this wheel full of money, but there's basically like bankrupt spaces on there. And if you hit one of those, your game's over. So before every spin, your family member can push a secret button to take like a walk away, uh, like a lowball offer instead of going for the jackpot. And this guy was running around the stage telling his wife who was in the booth, you know, don't push that button, don't push that button. And then he gave it a spin and it landed on down to zero and he was done. And then she came out and said, I didn't take the deal. So they were just like, okay, get out. You get nothing and like it. Bye-bye. Oh. Wow. So what did you feel like, though? I mean, did you feel like, oh... 
crap or no i like, don't care what, what? <laughs> i mean i thought it was hilarious especially yeah. oh they included quite a bit of footage of the guy and his family members just saying, don't push that button don't take that deal and then it's been gone Wow. <laughs> I love it. You're all about the wheel, though, aren't you? Yes, I mean, I love the wheel. The I do find the cruel uh, psychodrama, as I've said, both distasteful and irresistible uh, at this point. So yeah. I, you, you should, with Anna, I'm saying every day, oh, I can't believe I got to wait till Thursday for another spin the wheel. <laughs> and she's thinking, oh, my God, what happened to that intelligent man I met? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, darling. <laughs> Shall we uh, move along to our review? Oh, my God. Yes, we should. Okay. This week, we are talking about what just happened with Fred Savage. The topic for this week's podcast was suggested by Pop Mom listener Dan H. Thank you, Dan. What Just Happened with Fred Savage is Fox's new after-party show in which Fred Savage talks with stars of and celebrity fans of the popular sci-fi thriller series The Flare. The twist is that The Flare does not exist, aside from the brief glimpses we see on What Just Happened. So, What Just Happened is a real after-show for a fake show, an unclassifiable mix of celebrity chat, sketch comedy, and winking Hollywood satire that at times can seem like a cheerful prank played on the viewer. Here's a clip in which actor Tyler Ritter comes on the show after his character has been killed off from The Flare. Uh, Tyler, you were so good on the show. I have to ask, though, being on a show like this is just like a career achievement for so many people. So when you found out you were getting killed off, what would you, how'd you feel? Well, I had no reaction because it wasn't in the script. What are you talking about? Wait, how? Well, uh, it, it, it wasn't in the script I had. The one I had, Lisa saves me. I guess somebody decided to cut that part out. So you just found out that you got killed off right now? Like, just right this moment. <laughs> That's, I'm sorry. That's, yeah. I, you know, there wasn't even a gunshot when we were filming. Wow, sounds like everyone had to jump through all kinds of hoops to just make sure you were completely blindsided. I, uh, I can't believe this is happening right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, Tyler, if it makes you feel any better, the books the show was based on, your character wasn't even in those books. So, you know, you're surprised you got killed off. I was surprised you were even on the show. New episodes of What Just Happened with Fred Savage air Sundays at 8.30, 7.30 Central. The show is also available to stream on Hulu. Mom, did that just happen or did that not just happen? Well, may I just start by saying, Dan H., my vote is to block you from any more suggestions. Ah. <laughs> uh, as much as we appreciate hearing from our listeners, I have to say, this is one show that left me saying not what just happened, but what the hell? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'll, I'll start with the things that, I, that were positive, okay? Okay. Here's what I have. Two things. Fred Savage sure can talk fast without making a blooper. Mm-hmm. And 
this reminded me of an attempt to present a character such as Steve Carell on The Office. In the person of Fred Savage, you mean? Like you? Correct. I see. Interesting. So you, uh, Fred Savage, plays this rather manic host of the show, and you saw some Michael Scott in him. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, I just think that his his buffoonery, you know, like when he's revealing um, a secret about the show, and he's saying. Oh, oh, I didn't mean to do that and right. things like that. He just reminded me of Michael Scott. Some of the comedy reminded me of that, hmm. of that, uh, you know, I'm innocent here or isn't this what we all thought and and such. But really, uh, and I do love the concept of this. Yeah. The idea of it is very funny. Yes. It's just. I don't know how sustaining it is. It's, I saw two episodes, and that was really quite more than enough. They, I think they used every gimmick, you know, the somebody says this phrase and everybody gets a frosty. I mean, just every gimmick that you've ever seen on a, on a show is incorporated in these first two shows that I hated in the original viewing of any part of this parody. What does that mean? You hate it in the original viewing? In perhaps an after show of like Survivor, you know, they used to have an after yeah. show where people said what they what they found difficult or what they mm. hated or what was uh, a trial and tribulation. And, you know, it's all it all becomes cliche, not unlike to me when they interview athletes after uh, a game, right. you know, right. everybody invariably says some form of the other team played hard. We just played a little harder. I don't need to see an after interview with anybody. I just would like to watch the revelry. I know what they're going to say. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, but um, I mean, we've gotten a little farther field with the sports example, but I, I understand what you're getting at. You maybe is it fair to say this, you're familiar with these cliches that the show is sending up and maybe you feel that the send up doesn't stray far enough from the real dynamic of these interviews. Is that what you're saying? Well, I think seeing them all mixed together is a bit much. It's too sweet. It's too... I see. It's too much. Yeah. I mean, it's sending up these after shows and celebrity chat shows. Uh, you know, there's a little... Did you ever watch Comedy Bang Bang, Mom? Not your cup of tea, mm, I don't think. But, I think I watched it once or twice, maybe. Yeah, that's probably about as much of you as you would have watched it. But, um, you know, the talk show is this sort of semi-improvised uh, thing, less improvised than Comedy Bang Bang was. But, you know, they have these beats they need to hit, but the the celebrity guest in each episode is acting like an actual celebrity guest, even though they know yeah. the lunacy that's going to unfold, right? So it's sort of semi-improvised, and it has... I kind of enjoyed the fact that you never quite can get your footing because it's shifting between an after show and a late-night talk show, and it's just sort of borrowing. And I think that the scenes of The Flare itself, this made-up uh, yeah. thriller series, the send-ups of these genre so shows are really... Like, I think it's really good and it, um, kind of subtle. 
like they, they, it's not like when you see the clips of the flare, it's not like some goofy, it's not filled with jokes. It's just sort of a knowing incorporation of all these cliches from shows like The Walking Dead and Lost and, right. you know, whatever um, that they. Right. So um, right. I like what a diverse range of um, sort of, like I said in the intro, winking Hollywood satire and sort of insidery Hollywood satire was sprinkled throughout the show. And there, but there's also a lot of dumb stuff, too. There's a quantity of dumb stuff. Yeah, I mean the you writing know, Rob is. Rob Lowe is on talking about a book that's that's what twenty years old, twenty five years old. I mean, I don't know, I don't know. I I don't know if I love cliche anymore. I think it might have ruined it. You don't know if you love cliche? Yeah, that's. I mean, everything here is cliche, and it's it's like okay, I've had my life fill of it all now just from watching two 20 minute shows hmm. all right so you liked it is that what you're saying i lo- i liked it i think that the comedy writing is pretty uh, you know it's it's really average like this um masked assistant competition that uh fred savage had to determine his uh his his <laughs> next like personal assistant and, you know, it was sort of making fun of the mass Singer, but it's really just sort of a thin, gruel, um, late-night comedy sketch stretched out over most of the half hour. You know, I wasn't exactly having belly laughs, but I I don't know. I just—I liked that I could never find my feet with this show and that it was so, yeah. so nimbly um, sending up so many different TV <laughs> modes of TV, I guess— different right. genres of TV. I was impressed right, by that. Right. You know, Anna said to me, uh, as we were watching this, uh, she said, do you think you would get along with Fred Savage? And I said, yeah, I think so. She said, yeah, I think it seems like you guys are interested in a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> like, I really would like to meet him just because while this isn't, you know, five-star television, and like I said, the writing leaves a little something to be desired, I do think that the concept behind it is so weird and reflects such a deep knowledge of broadcast TV, I just feel like Fred Savage and I would have a lot to talk about. Well, you're attributing that to him, not the writers, and and he didn't write this. Well, but I, my understanding is that this was his concept. Along with his other executive producers, I think that Fred Savage is a driving creative force behind this show. That's why I'm ascribing that credit to him. All right. Well, you know, I just I think he's a cutie pie, um, and and I am amazed at his ability to talk so fast and not make any slips. I I think that's pretty amazing. I mean, the thing I do find is that's funny is he's like a a sideshow barker, you know, with his enthusiasm level. He must be exhausted after they film this. I don't even know how don't he sustains think? his energy through the through a, a taping of a single show. It's incredible because, yeah. you know, I said manic, but that's that's more unhinged than it's just like high energy. And he it's just bombastic. It is just like he has this boundless enthusiasm for this made up show. And um, I really loved the first episode where he was obsessing over the book on which the flare was based and really got um, sort of put out and pouty 
whenever anyone nobody had read them. <laughs> nobody had read them. Yeah. 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 Um, but yes, his energy is so high. There's this phenomenon I've observed in working in and around TV uh, for some time, Mom, called producer smile. And this is my term for when you're doing an on-camera talking head interview and you're talking to the producer who's just slightly to the side of the camera one way or another, right? So when you see these interview clips of someone with their gaze directed slightly off camera, of course, there's a producer sitting there um, peppering them with questions. In some you know, documentaries, you can hear the person. Most of the time, that person's uh, questions are cut out. In any case... There's this interaction. And when you are the person on camera and you're looking at the producer, um, as I've done a number of times, the producer will they can't say keep your energy up or smile. So what they do is they transmit this intense energy with their face. And I've seen it again and again. I've done it. I've been the producer giving the producer smile. It is this manic frightening, every muscle in your face, wide-eyed smile, <laughs> because people tend to mirror the energy that they see in the other person, right? And so you right. are smiling huge to overcome the other person's nervousness and, um, you know, any trepidation they might have about being on camera. You go to level 11 so that maybe they'll come up to a level, a level eight, right? Mm. Fred Savage has somehow translated producer smile to on camera. Like this is not this is not a mode of enthusiasm that's designed for on camera. It's designed to manipulate someone else. But he this is what I kept thinking of as I was watching this. I was like, wow, he's doing producer smile in front of the camera and pulling it off. I've never seen that before. But he's so hyper enthusiastic. I'm just constantly charmed by him. I mean, I just like Fred Savage. I think I've made it clear by yeah. now. I have a little bit of a man crush on him. So it would seem. But I, I think he's excellent. I wish that the writing were stronger for his sake, but um, yeah. I think he's excellent. I don't think he really cares about the writing because no. I think he just does his job and he does it so well. Yeah. So I really liked him. Can we talk about Tyler Ritter for a second? Sure. Tyler Ritter, who was on the most recent episode, um, I always find him a little bit spooky, Mom, because he looks so much like his father, John Ritter, and I he even carries I himself know. like John Ritter did. Do you agree? Well, you know, children sometimes really are spitting images of their parents. I mean, and this is really a case of it. It's uh, his voice is similar, and it, yes. he really, um, he really embodies his dad he really does and it makes me it always makes me a little sad because his dad died uh, relatively young but it's it's weird how much he looks like and, and as we've said acts like john ritter yeah i do always find that a little a little odd myself i have to say he was on a um show I don't know, a couple of years ago, it was a, a family that was lived in Boston. And, you know, it was very quirky and funny. But that show did to me what you're saying this show does to you. Um, that show was like there as soon as he came on the on the set, you just want to uh, absorb everything about him because 
it's like, is that him? Is that his father? Is that yeah. him? What? Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah. Well, it's him. And I do like him. Yeah, I think he's good. But I didn't really like him as this character. Well, you know, he, what struck me about his appearance on the show is that he's in this um, sort of sitcom-y mode of performance um and it's a little in, it was a little incongruous for me with the talk show setting uh yeah. you know he he performs in a way that's bigger um than someone appearing on a talk show and maybe he you know because he was his part was scripted clearly right um right. to a large degree more closely than the quote-unquote celebrity interviews are yeah it was a little sitcom but again i think all of that is in keeping with the taste of the show, what it's, what it's trying to Mm -hmm. serve you. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it isn't trying to keep you off balance. Oh, I think it is. I mean, the show is called what just happened, which is a reference. But I think it's trying to keep you off balance because it doesn't really want you to know what they're doing. Hmm. (laughs) Well, that's one way to look at it. They just keep moving so that you can't figure out what just happened. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the title is a reference to the, you know, recap premise of the show. But really, it's yeah. it's, you know, when that title card comes up as they go to commercial, it's as if they're saying it about what just took place. Um, right. Because it is it does tend to be uh, madness and um, madness of an uncertain direction. And that's it. I mean, when when they bring out the frosties, I think. Ooh, I, you know, are those really frosties? You know, I'm like, I'm like a dog following a stake. I'm just, oh well, everything's going on on the stage, but oh my God, there's a frosty, and now I'm over here. So, oh, uh, you know, trying to figure. Did that. you really go get a frosty yesterday? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No. Well, I hadn't, uh, oh. I hadn't watched the show yet yesterday. And, oh. Um, so I get this message, text message from mom that, that's like, whew, what a show. I'm going to watch more. But right now I need to go to West Lebanon for a uh, Frosty. West Lebanon being a nearby town that I presume has a Wendy's. That's correct. And I didn't know what you're talking about. I thought, wow, she really wants a Frosty. Got it. I get it. Now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, and you know, again, the official Frozen... Whatever I that was all I got had time to write down <laughs> if, before I had to pay attention again. The official frozen um, treat of what just happened or some such. Yeah, I mean it's a. I love that we covered this show because it's another piece of summer TV. We've had a theme here. We did a bunch of summer game yeah. shows, and this is another to me quintessential summer TV show. It's too peculiar um, a concept to make it to the sort of main, quote-unquote, main season, right, the fall season. And it's a very shrewd production in that, look, networks air stuff in the summer basically to keep the lights switched on, right, so that somebody else doesn't come in and take over their airwaves. They are just reminding you that they exist. That's what summer shows are, are for, to keep the lights on, to put something on. And the objective is to do it as cheaply, um, and efficiently as possible. So this show, yeah, it has the Wendy's plug, um, so they could sell that little piece of it. Every a celebrity appearance is some Fox member of the you know Fox family. They've got a show on Fox, or they've got a Fox movie coming out. It's all very synergistic. Um, yeah. 
And I think that the show very shrewdly, yes, it jumps between all these these sort of TV subgenres that it's sending up, but at the same time, it's contorting itself to make it um, as high value as possible for the network in this um, underwatched part of the year. So yeah. if they're going to put this on, they're going to get their money's worth out of it. And I'm sure this is a super cheap show to make. They sold some sponsorships. They get some plugs in. It's just a very crafty, efficient use of uh, a summertime half hour. But would you want to be associated with it? With this show? Uh, I yeah, mean, I would. I would not be ashamed to be associated with this show because conceptually yeah. it's so clever, I think. Well, again, I do like the idea. I think the only part I would like is I would like to wear the lobster costume. (laughs) From the masked uh, assistant contest? Yeah. Yeah, because I like that part. But there's like that that, um, pre-tape segment they had with the various mascots um, walking around the office assisting Fred Savage. It's a segment where I feel like I'm in the writer's room hearing the ideas being tossed out and just, yes, okay, we'll do that. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like they said yes to everything. Yes. And none of it was really that funny. It was mostly just the mascot stumbling around and knocking things over, you know, a jug of water or office supplies or what have you. Right. But there was like a half hour writer's room session and, okay, great, we're going to go shoot all that crap. And, you know, I do love that kind of stuff. You know, I could watch a video of a cat knocking stuff off a counter all day long. <laughs> I know you could. I did uh, laugh, though, when the um, two finalists in the masked assistant contest were coming out uh, to make the celebrity guest comfortable, right? With, like, hot towels yeah. or uh, um, margarita or such. Like, I don't know. I thought that was funny. I thought that was funny, too. And here's the other thing, though, is that not only is everything a cliche, but they milk every drop of liquid they can out of each piece. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. You know, in that I don't want grapes. I don't want grapes. Oh, all right. I'm uh, I'm hungry. I'll have some grapes. Fred Savage has grapes, and now he's just biting grapes off the whole bunch you know, which looks silly and, and, and whatnot. And I felt like, boy, there's just not, there's just no liquid left in this scene. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, I took note of that act, that particular moment, actually the grape eating moment, because to me, that is uh, Fred Savage's instinct. To me, it seemed like a spontaneous moment for him to ask for another grape. Um, and in any case, yes, he was not going to leave any uh, bit of this in the barrel, so to speak. He was going to scrape everything out. And I would imagine that there are other moments like that that did not make it to the final cut. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. So I think Fred Savage is in there just getting everything he can out of every little moment they have planned, and then in the editing room they can decide this worked, this didn't. Yeah. Not a lot, but my guess is that that that's his mode in... uh, quote-unquote host of this show well that makes sense that makes sense because that was my my feeling was there's nothing left and uh uh i almost wish i had hulu with the commercial breaks because i (laughs) i could have used a little rest in between but i think they should go out on a high note and be done now 
<laughs> you know, as far as my time, uh, I just value it a little more. Yeah. So, I, you know, I I thought that was uh, that was fun, but now I'm I think I'm done. I think I've seen it enough. Hmm. I think I'll watch a little more. Oh come on! Yeah. I have still told you so many good things to watch, and you don't watch them, but you'll watch this. Mm, accurate. <laughs> have you ever seen Soupy Sales? Of course. My cat is named Soupy. Well, I know, but I thought maybe you just liked the name. But you've, re- you've seen his show? His kid's show? Yeah. Yeah. Does he have an adult show? No, but I named the cats Soupy and Nipsey because Soupy Sales and Nipsey Russell were like game show mainstays, Pyramid in particular, yeah. you know? But yes, I have seen right. uh, Soupy's kid show, for which he was most famous. Well, I used to think that was very funny. Funny like this was, like, roll your eyes funny, you know? Yeah, that's a good comparison, actually. Because Soupy Sales had some of uh, this Fred Savage energy. Right. Although, although Soupy was more hip. You know, Fred Savage has really no guile on this show. Um, but I mm. feel like Soupy had more of a cool, yes, he was up and, you know, crazy, but he also had more of a sort of cool, like, jazz energy about him, too, wouldn't you say? Well, that's interesting. I never really thought about it like that. Uh, but I, I understand what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Here. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a good comparison. <laughs> Your own comparison? <laughs> yeah, my own comparison. Uh, yeah. I get it. Here's what here I think the comparison is apt in this sense in that um they're both um sort of having fun with the fact that they're even on TV. Lo- I love that. That's perfect. Right. That's just perfect. Yes. That's exactly it. Well, I am to please. Uh, do you have a grade for uh, what just happened with Fred Savage? I do. I'm going to give it a solid C. A solid C. Okay. Uh, do you have a recommendation for this week? I do. It's not, you know, it's it's one thing I would like to tell people that I enjoyed at the beginning of the summer that I would that I had a great time doing, and it's not too late, is to go to a baseball game. It's a lot of fun eat a hot dog, great American, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's one thing I would tell people to do for okay. this summer. But the other hey, thing is... Hey, can I say I something agreed. on that? Just before yeah, you go. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, if you are in the Chicagoland area, I recommend taking the kids out to a Chicago Dogs game. Oh, are they minor league? or Minor league, very minor. Um, yeah. It is an independent minor league team. Uh, that uh, they play at Impact Field, a beautiful new ballpark that was recently built uh, out near the airport. Couldn't be a more low-key or more fun time, I think, yep. uh, for kids. It's not, it's not, especially young kids, I think, because I'm hesitant to take Leo to like a Cubs game because it's so many people and it's, yeah. you know, I think it's a lot. 
but this is low-key, it's fun, so I'm just going to tack on my recommendation of the Chicago yes, Dogs. Yeah, and I think that's a great one. We have the Fisher Dogs, and they I've yeah. heard that they are very interactive with the with the crowd, and oh, that yeah. it, for the money, you can't go out and have a better time. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Okay, so uh, right. baseball, in, in particular minor league, is one recommendation, but you have a pop culture recommendation. That's pop culture, but I do. you have another recommendation. This is a book by Lisa Gardner. She lives in New Hampshire, so that's why I picked this book up. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great beach book. It's, uh, uh-huh. it's Would you like to tell gritty. us the name of it? Oh, I'm sorry. It's called Never Tell. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So I'm not telling you. It's a beach book. It's a beach book. It's a great beach book, which uh, I, I don't really go to the beach, but uh, I do sit in my backyard. So that's where I like to read. Okay. So it's a beach or backyard book. So you're not recommending it with the full weight of the typical Pop Mom that's recommendation. Right. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Because okay. not everybody likes uh, a light book. You know, people like their, their genre and... Uh, I'm not looking to upset the apple cart. Unless it. it's a book I really love. Then. Right. right. <laughs> but I will. Uh, so can you give us a quick gloss on it? Uh, it's about uh, a young girl that ha- has 16 years ago was accused of killing her father and her mother and her her mother and she. Uh, cover it, sort of cover it up. It's coming to light. It's told from the detective's point of view it's told from a number of uh different points of view uh, mostly about how this man that's been killed another man that's been killed has kidnapped a girl and she killed him and he knew the father and uh, blah 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 there i have not done it justice but it's like that it's like one of those books Okay. okay well it sounds quite sorted it is quite sorted, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's one of those books where you where you're trying to find out who this man she was married to really was, and I find those books very scary. Wow. Okay. Never tell by Lisa Gardner. Mom finds it quite scary. Perhaps you will too. And maybe read it uh, during the seventh inning stretch at a minor league baseball game to just. <laughs> really pump up on your pop mom recommendations uh that'll do it for this week's edition of pop mom mom and i will be back next week to talk about more pop culture what should we talk about mom you got any ideas uh well i do have an idea but i also have a question uh i think we should talk about something interesting yeah but how are we going to do that from here well i'll bring microphones oh oh okay yep problem solved (laughs) Bring it on the on the stagecoach. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll be able to manage. We uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, tell your friends. We love you, Mom. And I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Danny. I love you. Love you too. <laughs>